Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you want to turn, go ahead, turn, be turning while you're standing at, to James chapter 1. I'm going to read a couple verses and then I'll, you, you can be seated now. <clears throat> James chapter 1 verse 2. Verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, knowing nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. You may be seated. Tonight, I'm going to talk for a few minutes about kind of a title. is Sucked In, Washed Up, and Blown Over. I'm going to start by reading a story of Max Lucado, his book of the eye of the, In the Eye of the Storm. Actually, this story, brother, I, I'm pretty sure it was Brother Boyd had read this story or quoted to this, said something about this story just a few weeks ago. But to the, as I was studying, and I'd found this story in my studies, I decided to uh, share it anyway because I know he had shared it, so it's going to be familiar to most people. But from some of the ones that's not, but I just wanted to, I think it goes enough with my story today that tonight that uh, I wanted to share it again. And the story is, you know, as soon as I say the, the main character in the story, you're going to know who remembers the story probably. Chippy the parrot, parakeet, never saw it coming. One moment he was peacefully perched in his cage. The problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it into the cage. But the phone rang, and she turned to pick it up. She barely said hello when Chippy got sucked in. The bird on her gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum cleaner, and opened the bag. There was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. Since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him and raced to the bathroom, turning on the faucet, and held Chippy under the running water. Then realizing Chippy was soaked and was shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would have done. She reached for the hairdryer and blasted the pet with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, 
the reporter who initially written about this event contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. She said, well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing anymore. He sit, just sits there and stares. It's probably not hard to realize why. He was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal anybody's song. That, but that about sums it up sometimes how we all feel. When we, just, when we describe the certain trials and the feelings of powerlessness that trials bring, we feel the same way as Chippy feels. An army chaplain had a sign on his door that said, if you have troubles, come in and tell me all about them. At the bottom of the sign it said, if you don't have troubles, come in and tell me how you do it. James reminded us of the reality that even Christians that live a Christian life, there are trials and temptations in your life. How <clears throat> James tells us that no matter what the trials on the outside, we can experience victory through faith in Christ. There's four things that James was trying to tell us in the scripture that I read tonight. Starting in verse 2, the Bible says, My brethren counted all a joy, all joy, when ye fall into divers temptations. The first thing he was wanting to say is, Count it all joy. He was talking about he was talking about to consider carefully and investigate fully the trials that you're facing. James does not say if trials comes. But he says, when they come. He says, expect them. Do not hide. But the thing is, is we can't hide our face in the proverbial sand. Notice that just because you're a believer, you're not exempt from trials. The, the Proverbs tells us that the rain falls on the just and on the unjust, just alike. Consider The thing is, as we consider, we need to consider there's many different trials. James says we face trials of many kinds. This can refer to two different things. Firstly, it can refer to the types of trials we face. We'll face emotional trials. We'll fa we face trials at work. We, fa we face trials, physical trials, financial trials. We, different, there's all different kind of trials that we face. It also we need to consider is we need to refer to the source of the trial. There are trials that we experience as a result of living, just living the Christian life. In fact, this is a, probably the ones that James was referring to when he wrote this letter because his audience was the 12 tribes that were scattered throughout the earth. He was addressing those believers who had been uprooted from their homes, from their families, just because they were believers. There are still many in this world today who experience the same persecution for their faith. The Christian World Report, just for, just for a start, says that in China alone, there are 1,100 people are executed monthly just because of their faith. 
in some restricted nations in the Middle East to become a believer is an automatic, automatic death sentence. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters. Even though it's a reminder to us that we're thankful for the momentarily window of freedom that we presently have to worship God without restrictions. But we need to be also be ready for one day that door may be shut behind us. For the most part, we have a pretty good in the Western world we live in. We can worship freely. There's a church on every corner. We can worship however we want to worship. It's pretty, we have pretty a lot of freedom in our worship. Our trials comes from another source most of the time. They are the unknown, unexpected experiences of life. For the most part, people do not have control over such experiences. There's, there's experience, we, we've, our trials come from places that we're frequent regularly. And then they're, they're, we, it takes us, like, like I, the story I read in the beginning, it takes us completely out of control. We don't have control of ourselves. Just for example, one, just in a few years ago, one of, could have not have predicted or controlled the hijacking of four airplanes by some crazed, deluged terrorist and the sequestered destruction of the Trade Center with the unbelievable loss of life. These kind of trials are unexpected. They find you. You don't, have, you don't need to make your own trials. There's trials that find you. This was a, tri- a trial that the, our nation faced, but we face trials every day that comes just as ex- unexpected. We have doctors that gives us bad news. We have a loss of a job. We have financial problems just with the opening of a letter and a mail. We have, we have trials that we face every day that's just as unexpected as, as the people that was in that building when that plane flew into the side of it. So we got, sometimes we get slammered and knocked down just like that in, in, our, in our own lives. Just, to, just, to, just with some, a doctor walking into the room and giving us a, a sentence or, or, or outcome. Sometimes that, that news starts of a trial. Consider, the next thing we need to consider James was talking about consider your response to your trials. James says, count it joy when you face them. The Apostle Peter also said, Dear friends, do do not be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Actually rejoice in them. Warren Wiersbe made this observation that the trials of life are not all alike. They are all like a multicolored yarn that the weaver uses to make a beautiful rug. God arranges and mixes the colors of the experiences of our life, and the final product is a beautiful thing for his glory. He takes our trials that we face and he weaves them through our life to make us what he wants us to be. 
Job 23 and 10 said, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When trials come, don't, don't pretend. Simply look at the trial through the eyes of faith. Outlook determines outcome. To end with joy, we must begin with joy. But how is it possible to rejoice in the middle of a trial? The second thing I wanted to, the second verse that I read is knowing this, verse 3 says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The second thing James was telling us is we have to know. We have to, and, and that equals we have to have an understanding mind of what the trial really is. Faith is, our faith is always tested. To increase our faith, God tests us to bring out the best. Satan tempts to bring out our worst. Did you catch that? God tests us in the same trial. God can test us to bring out our best. But Satan tempts us to bring out our worst. Testing works for us and not against us. The approval of your faith is genuinely, genuinely proven. These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and that it is pure. It is being tested as the fire tests and purifies gold, and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tested by fury trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day that Jesus reveals himself back to this world. A gold prospector, prospector brings his ore sample unto the office to be tested. This sample itself may not be more worth more than just a few dollars, but the approval of this ore sample by the office, the officer, Statement says about the core, it may be worth millions when it gets the approval of the office. An assurance to the prospector that he may also have a full, a, a complete gold mine. God's approval of our faith is precious because it is assurance us that our faith is genuine. God's approval of our faith is precious because it assures us that our little faith is genuine faith. You know, the Bible says you know, don't talk about have to have some large amount of faith. It talks about the size of a mustard seed. If our, so our little faith through our trial becomes genuine faith. Trials work for the believer because God approves of our faith when we trust him through our trials. Trials rightly used help us to mature. How does God see maturity? Through patience and through endurance. The ability to keep going when the tough is tough to keep going. Anybody been in a trial when it's tough to keep going? 
But that's how maturity is through patience and endurance. So many are, but so many are too immature to understand the journey. Immature people are often impatient. They want the blessings of maturity without walking through the road of growth. The only way God can develop patience and a character in our lives is through trials. We, we can't read enough. We can't pray enough. We can't listen to enough sermons to develop patience and character in our lives. When we go through trials, when we trust God and obey Him, the results is patience and character. This is how we face trials with a positive attitude. We know what trials will do in us and for us, that the end result will bring glory to God. The third thing that James was telling to tell us in verse 4, says, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. He was wanting us to let, the word let, he was wanting us to surrender our will. We had to give ourselves. God cannot and will not build our character, our character without our cooperation. He is a gentleman, and he will not push. He will not prod. He will not pull. He will not drag us against our will. If we resist him, the natural consequences will be his chastisement. However, when we submit to him, then he can accomplish his work. God has three tasks he wants to complete in our growth. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are with, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God wants to do three things. He wants to do for us is this is salvation. Jesus, he completed that when he hung on a cross. He wants to work in us. He wants to do a work in us. That is because we are his workmanship. We are literally his masterpiece. This is the sanctification in our lives. God builds our character, and we become more like Jesus. So he works in us. The third thing he wants to do is he wants to work through us. This is, our, this is service. He, is, he has created in us a new heart for service, that we can do the good things that he has planned and he has for us. James 1 and, James 1 and 9 through 11 explores the truth with two classes of Christians. talks about the poor and the rich. God's testing has a way of leveling all of us. It's not our material resources that's going to get us through the trials in this life, but our spiritual resources. Sometimes God uses a trial to pose this question. He says, which do you love more? The, the trial 
or do you love me? The fourth thing James is telling us in this scripture is in verse 5 and 6. It says, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men literally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. James is saying we need to ask. We need to have a heart that wants to believe in Jesus. When, we had, when the unexpected trials of life land on our doorstep, how do you respond? How are we to pray? What should we ask God for? James gives us the answer in this scripture. He says, pray for wisdom. Wisdom is more than knowledge. Someone has said that knowledge is the ability to take things apart, while wisdom is the ability to put them back together. Wisdom is using knowledge rightly. Why do we need wisdom when we're going through a trial? The popular thing to ask and want to pray for is for more power, for more strength, and for, more, and for deliverance. That's what we pray for in a trial. We want, to be, we want to have the strength to make it through the trial. We want to have his power on us, or we want to be delivered from the trial. But we need wisdom so we will not waste the opportunities that God has given us to mature. Wisdom helps us to these circumstances for our good and God's glory. Tonight I'm going to read a, a familiar story. It's probably a lot of you have heard this before. But there's one day there was a farmer's donkey that fell into a well. The animal cried for hours as the farmer tried to figure out what to do. Finally he decided the animal was worth, wasn't worth it to retrieve the donkey. So he invited all his neighbors to come over and to help him. They grabbed up a shovel and began to shovel dirt into the well. At first, the donkey didn't realize what was happening, and he cried horribly. Then, to everyone's amazement, he quietened down. A few shovel loads later, the farmer finally looked down and the well, and in the well and was astonished at what he saw. With every shovel of dirt that hit his back, the donkey was doing something amazing. He would shake it off, take a step up, and as the farmers and the, farmers and the neighbors continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal, he would shake it off and take a step. Pretty soon, everyone was amazed as the donkey stepped out over the edge of the well, and trotted off. The moral of this story is life is going to shovel dirt on you. All kinds of dirt. The trick is to getting out of the well is to shake it off and to take a step up. Each of the troubles is a stepping stone. We can get out of this deepest well just by not, just by not stopping, never giving up, shaking it off and taking a step up. Don't waste the opportunities that God has given you to prove himself. James tells us 
What's he pray for? He says, pray for wisdom. He also tells us how to pray. He says, pray confidently, specifically, specifically, and unwaveringly in faith. When we do, God promises to answer. No need to fear. God is anxious to answer. No need to doubt. God is faithful to his promises. So what's in it for me? James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because he has stood the test. He will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When a Christian endures trials, there's a compensation both now and ahead. Now we, re, we gain character, we gain endurance, and we gain patience. And ahead we're going to see a crown of life. God doesn't help us by removing the trials. He makes them work for our growth and for our maturity. Satan wants to use these same trials to tear us down. But God uses them to build us up. Tonight, who are you letting control your trials? What will motivate me to act in this way? James identifies the response to this question as love. In verse 12, he says, Love motivates a joyful attitude. We love God. God loves us, and he will not harm us. Love motivates an understanding mind. God teaches us through the trials, and we grow. Love motivates a surrender of my will. When love reigns, we can surrender and obey. Love motivates, love motivates belief. Love and belief go together. When, we, when you love, you trust, and you ask for help. Where is your love found? In God or in this world? God wants us to grow through trials as they come. And in closing tonight, as the musicians come, <clears throat> we all face trials. We have trials that face us each day. And as we face these trials, we're going to have to take James' word and reach for them. You may be in a trial tonight. You may have a you have a trial that you think that you may feel like the donkey, that the world's throwing dirt on you. But tonight, as you as as we end this service, as you you we you don't have to leave feeling that way, because God's here tonight, and He can reach out and He can make, you can leave here tonight feeling a lot different about your trial. Each one of us face trials in our life. And as we face them, I faced a lot of trials as a family through my life. And when you learn to put God first, as Chris, the song Chris sang <clears throat> before I got up to speak, he talking about I want Jesus. And that's, that's a, that, that song just, I want him more than anything else. And that's, what I, and that's, that's how I feel. And if you put Jesus first and his will first in your life, 
as they play, as you stand, as they play, we will close in the front. And today, if, tonight, if you're going through a trial, you know, let God change the way you look at the trial. And you leave not the same way. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.